The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, I don't know about you, but I've been struggling a little bit about Snapchat. Snapchat, as you well know, is... um, the program where you go on and you send a picture and then it completely disappears or allegedly completely disappears. I think a lot of companies have struggled with how to incorporate Snapchat and reaching their consumers. Well, this article by Justin Immig and AdAge does a great, great job at kind of lining up how Snapchat can be used by business. He's a search marketer manager at Web Talent Marketing. And he is saying that there's actually um, – all kinds of ways that you can connect the consumer via Snapchat. One is an in-store only coupon with a surprise offer. You can send consumers a coupon snap. The snap could be for a discount in the store. And uh, it would require the user to open Snapchat at the register in order to redeem the offer. Now, all of these tips are to stop showrooming. Showrooming is when you come into a brick-and-mortar store, you find the article that you want to purchase in the aisle, and then you go back home and you order it online. This is actually is to get you to drive purchase in-store. So sending that Snap chat coupon is one way according to our author the other is a scavenger hunt where you could launch um maybe a limited edition item send a snap of landmarks around the area to get people into the store and find the secret item the other is to use a bluetooth um, low energy and beacon to uh, work together where you send a snap to the consumer with a special coupon or offer valid only during the store. Um, And then you actually are able to create a sense of anticipation for the consumer and require them to make an unplanned visit. Build anticipation of a new item. So you're actually teasing consumers to show up for an in-store arrival or also have your customers send snaps to their friends with their friend's Snapchat handle and they in return receive a snap back for a coupon. So keep all those in mind. I think Snapchat is probably an under-leveraged platform. Uh, Many of us are used to Facebook or Twitter. Snapchat, not so much. Um, So keep in mind those really great tips on how to engage with business. Our first profile today is a reasonable luxury mom. These are women 35 to 45, married, kids in the home under age 11, and for the most part, uh, staying at home, more than a million of these women, uh, constantly struggling with their desire for luxury items and the role of being a mom, and uh, they do lavish spending on their kids because they want them to have the best of all worlds, especially more than they had growing up, and they seek shopping as an escape. The retail environment itself 
is a sense of escape. So these are women that actually go in store to purchase rather than online. They will pay more for quality goods. Um, They'll travel an hour or more to go to an outlet store, and they do shop top designers. Uh, They try to manage as much as they can their dollars, but again, keep in mind, they are swayed by stores and opinions and by the kind of the the seeking of buying new things. Um, They will focus a lot of their spending, as I mentioned, not only on their kids, but on the home as well. And they will shop brands. As I mentioned already, they shop designers, but they will shop their favorite brands first. So where are they shopping? Well, they're shopping at Crate and Barrel and Pottery Barn in Williams-Sonoma. They're driving Volvo and Audi and Mercedes-Benz. And they'll shop a lot of brands like Mac and Clinique, Chanel, Kendall Jackson um, are some of the places of the brands that they love. Calvin Klein also tops there. So you can intersect her um, because, remember, this is a mom who stays at home on a lot of those kids' sites like Disney. Um, Amazon is a huge one, as you can imagine. Uh, they're watching all kinds of TV, primetime TV, Disney and Nickelodeon pop up there, as you can imagine, as well as HGTV. And with magazines, um, Vogue, Good Housekeeping, Family Fun, Parents, Shape, and Real Simple are all tops as well. Well, my guest today is Michelle Lee Flores. She's with Cozen O'Connor's L.A. Um, firm and she's been named the 2014 California Super Lawyer. She focuses her practice on all aspects of employment litigation and she's joining today to talk about the Sony hacking issue. Many of us have watched in horror as that came out and played out um, in the media and it's really ruined a lot of lives, reputations, and careers. How can you avoid what could be a Uh, a really detrimental email going out, something we all need to know. So stick around more from Michelle Flores when we return in just a moment. Her Strengths will be right back after a word from our advertisers. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Michelle Lee Flores. She's joined Cozen O'Connor's LA office in 2014 as a member of the firm's labor and employment department. She focuses her practice on all aspects of employment litigation, including including jury and bench trials, arbitration, mediation, pre-litigation. Oh my gosh, it goes on and on and on. Clearly, Michelle is an expert in her field, so much so that she was named a California super lawyer back in 2014. And today she joins us to talk about workplace implications of the errant email in light of the Sony hacking issue. Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Well, first, before we dive into the topic, tell us a little bit about your role as a labor attorney there in Los Angeles. Sure. Um, I One, I litigate, which is what you mentioned, but I also provide uh, advice to businesses in an effort for them to make sure that they do the right thing. Generally, businesses want to do the right thing in California in particular. It's very hard to know what that is sometimes. And so I provide advice um, in in an effort to um, get them to comply with all the rules that are out there, all the laws and um, uh, all of the employment-related requirements that they have to comply with from wage and hour to, um, you know, policies against harassment and discrimination and uh, a variety of things. Wow. Yes. I'm sure you're incredibly busy. That's that's a broad (laughs) range of things that you counsel on. I can only imagine. Well, and when it comes to marketing to women, of course, we here at Purse Strings do focus on a myriad of topics, everything from marketing to women to empowering women and in general, how to perform better in life. And we tackle issues oftentimes related to current events so that listeners can have some real-time learning. And today is definitely one of those days. I think we've all been seeing how the Sony hacking incident has just unveiled itself over the last month or so, really going on to injure multiple reputations and careers of so many people, not only at Sony, but also in the entertainment industry. I'm curious, from your expert point of view, what was your first reaction when you you saw that story break? I thought, wow, uh, the fallout that's going to tumble from all of this, because one of the things that I do is I investigate uh, allegations of some type of impropriety or harassment in the workplace. A lot of those things require someone to pull emails. Um, for example, there could be an allegation that someone sent an inappropriate email or inappropriate emails. So you pull those emails. It can go back several years, and then you look at them and you you pull. You have certain um, word parameters to pull the emails. And I thought to myself, whenever I do that, I usually will stumble upon someone who was not part of the investigation, but that I see an email that comes out and I think, hmm, that's not a good one. Um, It might have been somebody forwarding an email that has some commentary in it about somebody else. It could have been someone forwarding a joke um, that would be possibly violate uh, their harassment uh, their 
harassment prevention policy uh, in the workplace. And so my thought was all of these unknowing individuals having written emails over the years to take it away to involuntary worldwide disclosure, that fallout, as we saw, terrible. Oh, yeah, really amazing, the global implication of that incident. We are, unfortunately or fortunately, an email and text-driven society. And based on what you know all too well, those are all can be evidence should something go awry. Um, I think people really do fail to pick up the phone and have a conversation. We did see executives change their behavior from Sony and, and saw that now they're having more face-to-face conversations. So we've become a lot less formal and how we conduct ourselves in the written word, I would imagine, has become also a lot less formal. Do you feel like informality is the issue that we've really forgotten that email and text are actual forms of business communications? I would say that there's probably a a large portion of the population that has. I certainly know that I don't because of what I do for a living. I think of every every email that I send, I think about, um, I imagine, okay, is this appropriate to be putting on letterhead? You know, that old school theory Mm -hmm. of if you put it on letterhead, it's permanent. Well, all of these things are permanent. Texts are permanent. Emails are permanent. And I think you're right. I think that there has become this uh, informal... Um, you know, joking around and yet the joking around or the informalities and even just capitalization, um, grammar has gone out the window. Um, but those aren't the, the bad ones. It's what you, when you put your guard down, if you will, or you don't put your business hat on when you're doing something. And um, yes, it definitely, I think that a lot of folks out there are um, not thinking that these are either business um, interactions or they don't think of them in the same formality as they would a letter that they would put on letterhead. Yeah. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the dangers and the advantages of emails from, from your point of view. You know, the, 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 advantages, I want to start out on a positive note, you know, we have quick <laughs> communications, we're not tied to our desks anymore, we have the ability to address problems um, in virtual real time for our clients, or for ourselves, if there's some issue that arose in the workplace. So those things are great. Um, I think one of the, the um, dangers is exactly what you just asked me about, which is the informalities that come with it, or the um, possibly even the knee-jerk reactions to some of the emails that we get. I know I have to stop myself on occasion and sit and think about it. Um, Also, sometimes what we're experiencing on our end of the device, whatever it is that's coming through, we read into our own experiences into that email. So um, Mm -hmm. as it happened, Stance, um, about a week ago, I read an email. I was out from going from one um, meeting to another meeting, and I see an email, and I look at it, and I think to myself, well, that's kind of rude, and I can't believe that they're saying this. And I thought to myself, maybe that's because of the conversation I just had, got off the phone with, looked at the, you know, uh, email on my handheld, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put this down and come back to this. (laughs) And I did. And I honestly, I did. I waited to respond, and I reread it. I printed it out. I got to the office. I printed it out, and I read it on the paper, 
And it was not what I initially thought it was when Mm -hmm. I was in the car off of a phone call that was a bit heated. And um, so it was one of those lessons, but I know, um, and I, and I, keep myself from doing that because of the very thing that we're talking about here. This is one of the things that I tried to instill in friends, but you know, clients as well. We need to be mm-hmm. aware that these things are permanent business communication and the permanency of it is just, I think so many people, you know, if something good could come from um, something so terrible as this hacking that's going on, certainly the awareness of the forever component of these things is a good thing. Yeah, if we can absolutely. see that silver lining, if we can see that silver lining. And that would be, yeah. you know, again, to the, to the dangers. It really truly is forever. And we need to be mindful of what we say um, because of this, you know, and I, I call it involuntary worldwide disclosure. Who would ever want mm-hmm. that? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to keep that top of mind because anything that we say in email or text has the propensity to do that. I thought your example was a good one um, in, in you and how you controlled your reaction to an email, which kind of leads me to another question is how do we decrease the chances of our, of our email getting taken the wrong way? So if you were that person writing you that email, could he or she have done a better job at being maybe more clear? You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, that's part of the uh, person-to-person dynamic that is missing in emails is a lot of times you can read, read the room, as they say. You can read the person, and, and, and someone will say in the email, oh, don't take me wrong. It's, I mean this. Or, or you, look, um, you, you look like you don't understand. Let me say it another way. Said another way, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the things that I try to um, preface if it, if it sounds like and it looks like it might be read in, in a harsh way or it could come across harshly because it is simply in black and white on the screen or on a piece of paper, um, that is when I will say something such as, um, you know, to be candid, um, it, although this may sound curt, I certainly don't mean it this way, and mm-hmm. then... You know, the kind of that preface that that gives it a bit of a um, um, a, a less harsh read mm-hmm. to it when it is read. Mm-hmm. Um, those prefatory type of um, statements that sometimes we forget in emails because we're we're not there to read the person's reaction to the conversation. And we do that a lot, you know, when we're all, when we are with someone in a conversation across the table or, you know, sitting next to each other, you can see how they're um, taking the conversation and you guide yourself around it. And I think we forget to think about those, those um, societal niceties, if you will, that come along with interacting with people when you are, you know, sitting at your desk and pounding out on a keyboard or sitting in your car pulled over the side of the road, having to respond quickly because everybody wants everything quickly now because you can. Mm-hmm. So therefore you must. And right, sometimes, right. sometimes it's better to, um, you know, to, to not do that immediate uh, response, even though someone in a perfect world would want something a little more immediate um, to, to it. And, and that's because, you know, I, I don't think that the person who was um, 
sending the email that I read the other day um, could have done a better job. I think it was one of those things where I really truly read into it my um, my experiences that was going on and and you know there's a lot of times we forget when we read an email there's a lot of times we wouldn't take a phone call if we just got off a terrible phone call you you won't you'll say like you know oh I need to call him back you know like I need to take a breather or something mm-hmm. like that we don't allow ourselves I don't think anymore those breathers and I think that mm-hmm. those breathers are a good thing when it comes to thinking with your 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 business hat on. Yeah. And I would say, too, I think we just have to put ourselves in the shoes of the reader, the -hmm. recipient, and take a moment to reread our emails and think, is there anything in here that could be viewed differently than how I intended? And then to your point, be proactive in almost calling attention to that so that you can be doubly clear. And I think that also requires us to stop down, take a moment, you know, don't act so quickly so that um, our communication be as, as clear as possible. And I, I, I will tell you, I think people run into a couple of trouble a couple of different ways. I know I've fallen to the reply all and the auto populate uh, issues. Talk a little bit about the dangers of the reply all and the auto populate too. Sure, sure. And one of those things um, it goes to what you were just talking about, but also to the auto populate and the reply all. What I often do, and I know I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm odd in this um, arena, I will print an email that I've written but haven't sent yet and literally get up and walk away from it and then come back and read it. So to mm. your point of putting yourself in the person in the, who's going to receive it, um, that is a great thing. And those types of printing, stopping, step away, come back, and then you read it from corner to corner, you know, the, from top to bottom, you read what it is. If you auto-populated somebody or you replied all when you didn't mean to, you will then see that. You'll catch the things that seem to be lost on the screen, whether it be on your desktop screen or your handheld screen um, or your, you know, the bigger, the bigger pads that are out there that we work on, but still you lose. There's some stuff that's lost. And so in connection with, for example, the reply all, you know, publishing to everyone what you thought was a private comment to one person on the chain, most likely, usually it's the person who sent the chain. Um, Mm -hmm. That commentary, um, you know, it may just be something, you know, it could be embarrassing to you. It may be like, oh, geez, I'm sorry. You know, sorry about this. I, you know, I was late today. I had a tough night last night or whatever. And then you'd be like, oh, gosh, embarrassing, right? Not a bad thing. Or you could have been saying something about you know, your boss on that email. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I can only imagine what so-and-so said in response to this email. Have you heard from him yet? Or, you know, and it can have a lot more Mm -hmm. colorful commentary in it. And then that could be not good at all, or it could just be something that is um, perhaps somebody might see as offensive. It could be about nobody on the chain, but offensive and possibly um, inappropriate in light of the the uh, business policies. You know, it could have mm-hmm. been it could be seen as you know either a gender based remark um, or a race based remark, which would be against mm-hmm. your policy against um, harassment and and discrimination. And so um, those are the types of things for as far as the reply all and the auto populate. I mean, that one is a is a doozy because. Generally speaking, it will auto-populate to someone, 
who you had no intention of, of, of it going to. Um, it's, you're writing a name and it pops up somebody else's name and you're not paying attention. And um, where this also comes in a lot of times where a lot of people don't think about it is an auto-populate to an old email. So for example, someone has recently changed jobs and you could be communicating with that person because you now want to continue to work with them wherever they left, right? But there could be mm-hmm. some, um, some tension with their departure. And you, right. as, a, as a client of that person, um, you know, because the customer's always right. The customer gets to go where they get to go. Here in California, at least, they get to go. They get to follow people. And you auto-populate and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad, you know, you left that place. It was horrible. It was this, that, the other. And you auto-populate, and it comes up their old email address. And then any email that gets sent to that person at the old email address gets shot out to three different people within that yeah. old community. And they're all looking at the emails. Mm-hmm. And so can be quite dangerous. It could also auto-populate, for example, if you're having confidential communications with someone on their personal email. So for example, my recommendation to friends and family is always, look, if you're talking about work with somebody, about your working conditions or your work, don't do it from your work computer. You you should have no expectation of privacy from anything that you write on your work computer. So um, use your own device and use a personal email. You could be shoot, you know, sending it to somebody. But, but for example, someone who received an email from your work email and then also received an email from your personal email, it could, they could want to write to you thinking they were going to one and it really populated the other. And then lo and behold, you yeah. have something going to the one that you didn't mainly. It would be right. one that you thought was going to be a private one into your personal email account, and it goes to the work email account. Yeah. Not yeah. Oh, not good. There's all kinds oh. of bad things that happen yeah. with auto-populate. <laughs> yeah. And I think the fix for that, per your point earlier, is if we just stopped down and we reviewed everything related to that email. So everything from subject to who you're sending it to, to content, I think would do a, a world of good. And keeping us from embarrassing ourselves or potentially getting fired for an email that went where it shouldn't have gone. So, right. Um, and it could be later yeah. too, by the way, it could be later. It could be, as I mentioned before, subject to an investigation that you're not even subject to, but someone happens upon it because yes. through litigation, they have to turn over a bunch of emails and yours got pulled in it for whatever exactly. reason. You know, yeah, you have right. to, and there you oh, go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it shows up, and you're like, "Uh oh, I thought that was dead and buried, and it's not. Yeah. It can, it lives on forever. I think is the point. Thank it lives you. on forever." Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle, we're going to take a quick ba- break, and when we come back, we're going to talk specifically about women in business and email. So stick around more for Michelle Lee Flores when we return in just a moment. Purse strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at bruceclay.com. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. I've been chatting today with Michelle Lee Flores. She's uh, an attorney, a labor attorney at Cozen O'Connor in LA, and she focuses her practice on a myriad of things, including employment litigation, uh, mediation and pre-litigation negotiations involving sex, race, religion, age and disability, harassment and discrimination, wage and hour violations, and all kinds of things. She was named a 2014 California super lawyer, and we've been talking about the Sony hacking incident, which kind of... Uh, set the tone for our entire discussion, the first half of this, is what we need to know about email and the fact that email lives forever and there's lots of ways we can damage ourselves if we don't treat email with the respect that it deserves. And, and um, Michelle, you know, we've been talking about really strong, good tips on how to handle email. I'm curious, um, especially with your expertise, do women tend to be, I mean, I think women tend to be a lot more prolific with the written word than men, but I'm curious if you see more issues popping up with women than men when it comes to these kinds of situations with email, and if our propensity for the written word is a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I I haven't seen... um well, I would always say it's a, it's, it's a, it's a better thing. But more communication and better communication um, is a good thing. Um, having said that, I haven't seen that um, there's a, a more significant issue because it's more prolific. What I can say is that um, I believe that there's a tendency to that, that these types of things um, have a tendency to adversely and unfairly have a harsher impact on women. And I mm-hmm. think that's because the um, analysis that is um, put forth on a particular email, it could be, and I'm using air quotes here, you know, something that, <laughs> that I quote unquote said um, in writing by a male person um, is read in one way. Um, and whether these you know, whether it's um, conscious, subconsciously, um, but there are things that are read into it when you believe that it's a man saying it versus a woman saying it. They've had studies that have shown this and that the perception is different. And it's this kind of difference that I think 
um, in general, you know, I don't know about you, but a lot of my friends are, well, we have to be twice as, twice mm-hmm. as good, um, mm-hmm. to be seen as half as good, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. just to, just to compete. And because of that, because of that, it's one of those times where I think that we might hear more about there being issues with women's emails. But I think, again, my own opinion here, but I think it's because there's a different standard that's applied mm-hmm. to the written word when women write them. And it, that is an unfortunate, harsh reality but it is just like we know that there are a lot of times where there'll be one woman in a, in a conference room. Right. And, and there's a propensity for some men to look at that woman and think, Oh, well, she'll take notes. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. she's the woman in the room. Um, You know, and there's those types of things and there's that type of educating. And so again, if there could be some silver lining to this, perhaps making um, individuals aware that this kind of scrutiny that's applied, a harsher scrutiny that's applied to these emails. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and our radar should be up, especially mm-hmm. for that. And as a result, do you think women in general should be conducting business different than men when it comes to communication? Because potentially our communications are under a different scrutiny. So should we conduct ourselves any different? You know, I... It's one of those things where I, I hate to, to tell folks to do something different be, simply based on kind of an, an almost almost feeling like you're you're gender um, stereotyping playing into, <laughs> playing into it. Yeah. yeah, you're playing into it or you're you know, but but I will say I think that to be aware that there may be whether it be because it's been hacked and leaked or whether it's just whoever's going to receive an, the emails, anybody on the chain, if there's an awareness that there's the potential, a stronger potential for your email to be scrutinized in, in a way uh, that has some kind of gender bend to it, if you will. And if that's the case, then to be aware of that when you are communicating, I wouldn't say communicate any, any, uh, in a different way. So for example, I'm not saying don't do any more emails, pick up the phone, because that's just not possible. You have to communicate by email in modern day. You have to communicate by, um, by um, phone sometimes as well. You could be on a conference call. You, know, you have to, to do that. But to be aware of it and to think about how it might be perceived, uh, I think is one of the, the better things. So to, to educate oneself in that way and how it is that you can um, perhaps reduce the potential for someone to apply that type of higher scrutiny. Um, you know, again, to, that, to the point of in an email, if, it, if you step away from it, you come back and it feels a bit harsh, you can put mm-hmm. a, um, you can acknowledge, please don't take this the wrong way. I recognize it's right. in the written word. Or I've right, done it exactly. before. Yeah, I've joked around and said, geez, you know, I guess the, the, the blessing and the curse for emails is that you, do, you did not get to, this was a post someone responded to me and I realized you totally misread what I, what I wrote. Um, certainly what I intended it. And I say, oh, the blessing and the curse of emails, it's immediate and it gets, it gets you the written word, but it doesn't give you the context or the intonation of which I meant this. And so therefore, this is what I actually meant. Proactively recognizing that and to say, okay, well, if I'm going to have a harsher light on me and my emails, then maybe what I can do is, is do some kind of preface. Now, some might say I shouldn't have to, 
if men, you know, aren't doing it, why should I have to do it? And I could be, it could be seen as, as a sign of weakness, or it could be seen as hedging or what have you. Again, this is, these are kind of general things that can be done. And I get that. I do get that. And I am aware of that as well. And so, you know, it may be a situation where um, it, it's going to say something like this may sound harsh, but mm-hmm. reality is reality. And then you go into it. Mm-hmm. And no, that great, little bit, insights. you know, that little bit might help. Yep. No, and I think I think at the end of the day, we just have to be, play very close attention to what we're writing and mm-hmm. to take those necessary steps, as you so widely have sh- wisely have shared, as to the way we can soften or couch or call attention to our true intent of what we wanted to say, and hopefully, whether our email. Uh, ends up being received well or not, or if it ends up being part of a, of a, gathered in a lawsuit in the future, at least we've done everything we can to ensure that our email has the intended information in it. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Great words of advice. Hopefully listeners can can pay extra attention today as they go about their work and their emails because none of us want to end up uh, like those poor folks at Sony, uh, Sony. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And, and I guess the one, the one thing is, you know, remember, it would, it would warm my heart to know someone has modified something in the future um, <laughs> because there is this electronic, permanent, hackable trail of what is said. Yes, absolutely. So go forth and modify. Michelle, yes. I also want to drive people to Cozen.com, C-O-Z-E-N.com. Michelle's in the Los Angeles office if you want to learn more about Michelle and, and her firm as well. Thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.